This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not meant as a substitute for or replacement of working with a mental or medical health professional. Welcome to Taboo Talk Time with Dr. Eva, where we inspire a movement towards breaking through societal norms, increasing awareness, and unhinging the taboo. Taboo Talk Time hosts guest experts from around the world in the mental and medical health fields who are passionate about making a difference in our society. Visit tabutalktime.com to learn more about Dr. Eva's therapeutic services, online couples courses, live couples retreats, and of course, our free podcast. Here is your host, Dr. Eva Brown, licensed marriage and family therapist and intimacy specialist. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Taboo Talk Time. My name is Dr. Eva. I'm your host, and we have Heather Seguin with me today, certified sex addiction therapist, level three Gottman trained, which is really cool. Maybe she can talk a little bit about that. And we are going to be talking about three tips for a partner of a sex addiction, right? So are you um, or your partner a sex addict? How do you know and what can you do, right, Heather? So welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you today. And um, why don't you, we go ahead and just jump right into it. And you can talk a little bit about, for example, how do you know, first of all, and then what can someone do about it if they are in a relationship with someone that may be a sex addict? So when we're looking at, you know, how do I know if I'm a sex addict or how do I know that my partner is a sex addict? We have a little acronym that we use called pathos, right? So if you're preoccupied with sexual thoughts, you know, it's kind of always buzzing around in the back of your head, right? Um, If you are ashamed now, and sometimes people don't experience the shame part, but I like to say like, are you hiding any of your behaviors? You know, are there things that you don't want your partner to know about? Um, Okay. Have you sought any kind of treatment for it? You know, have you gone to couples therapy and your sex life is the one thing that you're not bringing to the table and yet it's your biggest issue, right? But you're not actually a therapist that that's the problem. Um, (laughs) Does your behavior hurt other people? Um, And sometimes that's obvious, right? Like, you know, that, you know, your partner would be devastated if they found out. And sometimes it's not so obvious, you know, it's things like stealing work time because you're looking at porn on your computer, right? Um, those kinds of things, those are hurtful behaviors that we're not always aware of. Um, do you feel like it's out of control? You know, like you've kind of the classic thing that we look at with alcoholism, you know, like, have you tried to cut back on your drinking, but you just can't, um, same kind of thing with, you know, sexual behavior, you know, have you told yourself, okay, this is the last time I'm not going to do this anymore. And then before you, before you know it, you find yourself in the exact same situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when you kind of, that indicator that you're out of control, you know, that you're, that sex is controlling you and you're not really the author of your sexuality anymore. Um, and then the last piece is, you know, the acronym is, you know, sad, right? So are you experiencing sadness or despair that, you know, that kind of hopelessness that this is never going to change. This is just who I am and I don't like it, but you know, this is what's happening. Yeah. Um, so if someone is experiencing, you know, two or three of these kinds of, you know, symptoms, that's an indicator that there might be a sexual addiction happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really important to clarify that, you know, there's a lot, a lot of questions around, you know, like, well, I like to have sex a lot. Does that make me a sex addict? The answer is no, right? It's right. not about how much sex you're having, how frequent it is, the kind of sex you're having, the kinds of things you're into. It's not about that at all. It's about, what is motivating your sexual behavior? You know, if 
you tend to be sexual when you're bored or tired or lonely or um, you're really, really anxious and it's a way that you kind of self-soothe and calm down. Um, these are the things that, you know, we look at what's driving the behavior. Is it actually authentic sexuality that's coming from being, you know, truly turned on by another person or even within yourself? Or is it something that's like you're using it to manage your internal state, right? Yeah. Um, so those are the things that indicate a sexual addiction. Um, okay. The partner of a sex addict usually experiences things like feeling really distant from their partner and not really knowing why. Mm-hmm. And maybe asking questions like, hey, like, what's going on? Like, things seem weird. And the response is like, no, they're not. Everything's fine. So we call that gaslighting, right? Where your partner's experiencing something and you're totally denying that it's, that it exists, right? Which makes them feel crazy. Um, so a lot of partners feel like they've had this gut feeling that something was off Mm -hmm. and they couldn't put their finger on it. And they tried to sort it out with the person who's a sex addict. And they were told, no way you're crazy. That's not happening. Like you're making this up, you know? Um, right. Which is another layer of the damage of being with someone who's a sex addict. Um, so a lot of times, you know, we, people assume that the sexual betrayal is the worst part, but it's actually the lying and deception, um, from this person that you trusted, you know, that, and we call that, we call that betrayal trauma, you know, that here's this person that I've gone to for support and encouragement and comfort. And now this person is the source of my pain and I have no idea. I like, I can't trust them, you know? Yeah. Um, I get this all the time at my practice. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Just the idea that, you know, people don't realize that it's not actually the affair itself, even though of course, you know, we're not encouraging affairs. That's definitely not what we're saying, but you know, it's the lying behind it, you know, and just being truthful and honest. I hear what you're saying, Heather, that makes sense. Right. Exactly. And because what it does is it ends up, um, it shifts the lens, you know, once a partner, you know, has the discovery, right. Cause there's usually, we call it D day, right. That there's this discovery moment of, Oh my God, like for like, there has to be something wrong. You know, they find, they find the porn or they find the condoms or they find the extra phone that you weren't supposed to have, you know, like eventually most people are going to get caught. And for the partner, it's like their whole world explodes and then they reevaluate everything. So it's not just that you were lying about your sexual behavior. It's like, well, what else did you lie about? (laughs) You know, if I can't trust you in this area, how can I possibly trust you in all the other areas of my life? Yeah. And this happens not just with sex addiction, but just kind of any affair, really. It just, the sex addiction kind of makes it a little bit worse because there's an addiction and, you know, you're not really sure how to handle it when your partner is going through this type thing and kind of binding their anxiety with that. Right. So I guess my question would be, you know, there's a lot of controversy about is sex addiction real? Is it not real? Like for the partners that are going through this, what, what, exactly should they be thinking about first? Like what's the first protocol for something like this? I think the first thing is to know that you're not crazy because that's the primary thing that I hear. Like, Oh my gosh, I have felt crazy for so long and they need to know you're not crazy. You know, now there might be, you know, assumptions that you're making or fears that you have that are not true. And we can sort that part out, but you need to know that like, yeah, something's wrong and it's okay for us to look a little deeper about what's going wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to know too, that with, 
with an affair, it's like, that's obviously a betrayal with sex addiction. I think the hard part that partners sometimes have is, you know, okay, well, how much grace should I have for the fact that this is an addiction that you can't control it? Right. Because it's like, you know, they say to themselves, well, like if I was with an alcoholic or a gambler or something like, you know, then I would be working with them because like, okay, this isn't really their fault. So I want to be with them, you know, in sickness and, and in health. Um, so with sex addiction, though, they, they have that same question, you know, like, well, okay, how much of this is them being an addict? And how much of this is this them being a jerk? And they're using a quote unquote addiction as an excuse mm-hmm. to have a Right. And that's a tough question. And in a lot of ways, you kind of have to take it on a case by case basis. Right. Um, and in my experience, someone who's an actual sex addict, they have a ton of shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a ton of remorse, regret. Um, they can really shrivel up into self-loathing and depression and all kinds of really painful things. Right. And that's, you know, because that, that shame just kind of gets exposed, right? Someone who's just, you know, likes to have sex with a lot of people or, you know, kind of has chronic affairs and doesn't really care about it, doesn't see it as a problem, that's the kind of their lifestyle, they don't have that kind of shame. They don't experience what an addict experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, you know, as a, in, in our culture, we might call them a jerk, but, you know, I'm like, that's their value system. So then, like, I've, I've worked with people where I'm like, okay, so maybe the issue is that you actually identify as being polyamorous and you never told your partner that. <laughs> and so maybe right. the issue is that you need to be more honest with yourself and, and your partner and any other partners that this is actually, you know, your value system and you need to be honest with yourself and your partners about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but if you're polyamorous in a monogamous relationship and your partner doesn't know that you're polyamorous and you're having other relationships, you know, that's obviously not going to work. Right. That's inauthentic. Yeah. Right. Because your partner didn't agree to that. Um, yeah, exactly. But I think some people, you know, just kind of justify it or, you know, they're in denial about it. And, you know, of course our family systems and how we were raised and what we think is okay and not okay is there's always like a gray line there. Right. And, and figuring out those things on a deeper level obviously would be, you know, through therapy or some type of like self analysis. Right. Right. Exactly. And you're right. Culture and family and upbringing and all that stuff play a key role in, in the shame for an addict or just, you know, people experiencing authentic sexuality. Um, you know, for the most part, I'm working with people who do identify as an addict, um, right. who do feel that shame or who are coming up against those kind of cultural norms or whatever that they're trying to sort out. Where do they fit? Right. Um, and that's, you're right. That like, that is the job of a therapist. You know, let me sit with you and help you to figure out what are your values? How do you actually live authentically as a person, as a whole person, but also like obviously within your sexuality. Um, and that's why it's so important to work with a therapist who's trained, um, to work with, you know, sexual addiction and, or just any like sexual issues. Um, cause not everyone is skilled in working with these things that, um, bring up a lot of questions for everybody. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I know that you're a certified sex addiction therapist. Where are you located, Heather? So I'm in Southern California um, in a little town called Glendora. It's uh, basically a suburb of Los Angeles. Okay, great. And so how can everyone get in contact with you, Heather? What would be the best, you know, contact information and so forth if they are going through something like this and they're really trying to figure out like, what are the steps that I need to do first and so forth in order to get this problem underway? Like what, what are the top three recommendations that you have for people? 
So my top three things for, for a partner would be um, to reach out for support. Number one, you need to know, you need someone else other than your partner to tell you that you're not crazy, that right. it's okay to look at this and figure out what the heck is going on. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so get support. Number two, set some boundaries. You know, when you know that there's something going on, the first thing you need is a sense of safety and boundaries are how we create safety. You know, boundaries aren't about punishment. It's not about trying to control anybody. Boundaries are about saying, this is what I need to feel like I'm going to be okay. Um, and boundaries are an important, a really important thing that, you know, we don't have time to go into at the moment, but, um, that's a key thing that I help everyone with at the right out of the gate is how do we create, um, recreate a sense of safety so that down the line we can reestablish trust. Right. Um, and then I would say that my third tip for a partner would be, um, to be aware that, that there is a balance between, um, having grace for your addicted partner while they try to sort stuff out, um, while also care of yourself. You know, you don't want to slip into a codependent relationship where, you know, 10 years from now, he's still acting out and you're still there, even though you're miserable, you know, it's okay for you to say, okay, I want to hold in both hands, like with an even weight. Okay. I want to be here to support you because I love you, but I also need to take care of myself that those are both valid things to keep in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Those are really good tips, you know, Heather. And if people are in California, how can they reach out to you? So they can find me on my website. It's clearchoicecounseling.com. Um, and of course I'm on psychology today and all those fun directories. Um, but then of course I've got a unique last name. So if you Google me, you'll find me. (laughs) Yay, exactly. And I'll have everything in the show notes for you guys. So if you want to reach out to her, um, you're, you're welcome to, she's fantastic. She's out of California. And if you happen to be in Florida, of course I'm here for you as well. You know, we all have to, you know, come together and really be a resource for couples when things like this happen. So thank you so much, Heather, for coming on this show today. It was so happy to have you. Yes. And for all of you guys that are listening, um, we are going to be launching our brand new master communication and intimacy e-course endorsed by relationship revolutionaries. We'd love to have you come on and check it out. We also have a fun giveaway. It's a quick guidebook, okay, to marriage, to relationships, and the top three relationship killers, like how to prevent them. So if you guys want to subscribe to that, go to www.relationshiprevolutionaries.com and we'll see you there. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining the Taboo Talk Time movement. Go ahead and like and subscribe to our fun, free, and informative podcast. And of course, don't forget to share us with your friends. Visit TabooTalkTime.com to learn more about Dr. Eva's therapeutic services, private intensives, as well as her online couples courses and live couples retreats. As always, we appreciate your listenership and can't wait to share all of our new up-and-coming Taboo Talk Time podcasts with you. See you next time.